Good morning, people of God. This is Apostle Shirley Evans today. Today is November 16th, 2020. The time is 9.41 a.m. I just thank God for another day. Without him, we surely can do nothing. He is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. The psalmist says in Psalm 17, verse 7, Show me your unfailing love in wonderful ways. By your mighty power, you rescue those who seek refuge. So God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He loves us so much. So people of God, here we go. We are certainly going to enjoy this day because this is the day that the Lord has made and I certainly will rejoice and be glad in it. I pray that you will do the same. I pray that when you receive this message, it would find you in health, in peace, in love, and the joy of the Lord still inside of you being your strength. And it will find you with an insatiable thirst and hunger for the word of God and for more of Jesus, the living word. I want to speak this over you this morning because there are many people who have needs. We all have needs, everyday need. But he promised to supply all of our need. The word declares in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, but my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. We have yet to see what our God can do and what we can do with him in us and with us. I want to repeat that. We have yet to see what our God can do and what we can do with him in us and with us. The word declares in Luke chapter 12, verse 28, If then God so clothe the grass, which is today in the field, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? Victory is ours when we remember how much we mean to God. We are products of the providence of a heavenly father, fully capable of meeting our earthly needs. But the scripture says again, Philippians 4 and 19, it says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If you belong to God, you are entitled to what he has. He invites you to ask for it. Ask what ye will. Now this morning, he always shows up with some signs and wonders. And so, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I said, if he then clothe the grass, which today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And so something happened at the gate. I was sleeping. I didn't feel like getting up. And 
because I never went to bed until after four o'clock this morning. And the phone rang and someone called and said they're on the way here. I got up, went to the gate. There they had a bag for, with, 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 with breakfast. I mean, it is like my God supply my need. He didn't tell me that beforehand, but he showed up. And so while I was receiving it from her, suddenly I get excited. A dove flew between her and myself. And I said, do you see that? Because you have to be able to see and understand what was happening. And shortly after that, a beautiful yellow butterfly flew by, which <laughs> I get amazed because when I go outside, that butterfly just come floating by. In other words, the Holy Spirit says, see, this is me, you know, but you got to recognize. I come to you in different ways. I just, I just show up. I just want you to know that I love you and I want you to know that I care. So people of God, I want you to remember that scripture. When the enemy comes to make you feel depressed and that God does not care. He says, but my God, make it personal. Your God, my God, shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And he has much riches in glory. And so I pray that whatever you've been praying for, whatever you've been petitioning God, he will supply your need. Because he says, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Psalm 84 and 11. God is for us. Having the good things we need to get our priorities in order so that we can have them. Oh man, listen, this is what it says. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good things will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Psalm 84, 11. Please, I, I, I beg you, make that your daily prayer. Remember it. When, when things look, look dull, that he will not withhold anything from you if you walk uprightly. So God is for you. God is for us having the good things. It's not a problem of us having the good things, but we need to get our priorities in order so that we can have them. I love you today, and I pray that you will remember that scripture because you are a child of God, and his promises are yea, meaning his promises are yes with a period behind it, amen. He speak it, he spoke it, and it is so. Well, we are going on today, Monday, and we are continuing with our teaching on amazing grace. Yesterday was part one, today is part two. And you know, we always start off with our worship. How can I say thanks? For the things 
you have done for me things so undeserved yet you came and gave your life for me the voices of a million angels cannot express my gratitude or that i am or ever hope to be i owe it all to you how can i say thanks for the things you have done for me things so undeserved yet you came and gave your life for me the voices of a million angels cannot express my gratitude all that i am or ever hope to be i owe it all to you to god be the glory to god be the glory to god be the glory for the things you have done with his blood he has saved me with his power he has raised me to god be the glory for the things he has done so let me live my life let it be pleasing lord to thee and if i should gain any praise let it go to calvary with his blood he has saved me with his power he has raised me to god be the glory for the things he has done for the things he has done there was one who was willing to die in my stead that a soul so unworthy might live and the path to the cross he was willing to tread all the sins of my life to forgive he was nailed to the cross he was nailed to the cross oh how much he was willing to bear 
with what anguish and loss Jesus went to the cross but he carried my sins with him there I will cling to my Savior and never depart I was earnestly serving each day with a song on my lips and a song in my heart I will earnestly serve him each day he was nailed to the cross he was nailed to the cross oh how much he was willing to bear with what anguish and loss Jesus went to the cross but he carried my sins with him there but he carried my sins with him there amazing grace will always be my song of praise for it was grace that bought my liberty I do not know just why he came to love me so he looked beyond my faults and saw my need I shall forever lift my eyes to Calvary to view the cross where Jesus died for me how marvelous that grace that caught my falling soul he looked beyond my faults and saw my need I shall forever lift my eyes to Calvary to view the cross where Jesus died for me how marvelous the grace that caught my falling soul he looked beyond my faults and saw my need he looked beyond my faults and saw my knee I shall forever lift my eyes to Calvary to view the cross where Jesus died for me how marvelous 
loves that grace that caught my falling soul. He looked beyond my faults and saw my need. He looked beyond my faults and he saw that I needed healing. He looked beyond my faults. He saw that I needed deliverance. He looked beyond my faults and he saw that I needed a savior. I need to be saved. And it's because of the cross, the amazing cross, the amazing need. He looked beyond my faults. He looked beyond your faults and saw our need. What an awesome God. What an awesome Jesus. And so our word is still amazing grace. And in the message yesterday, it was amazing grace part, part one. We discussed the meaning of grace, which meant unmerited favor, mercy, compassion. Now, this is really amazing grace. And this is amazing grace part two. In this part two, we will discuss the source of grace. The source of grace is described in salvation. Acts chapter five was Acts chapter 15, not five. Acts chapter 15, verse 11 declares, but we believe that through grace, we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. Only by grace can you enter. Only by grace can you stand, not by our human endeavors, but by the blood of the Lamb. The word of God declares in John 3:16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17 says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That is, the world through him, meaning the people in the world, you and myself, we can be saved once we accept him as Savior. Once we invite him to come into our hearts, he will receive us. Then you must find time to study his word, to get to know him, to have a hunger and thirst for his word. It is the source of a call of God. Many of us are called by God. Galatians chapter one verse 15 declares, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb, that was Paul speaking, and call me by his grace, verse 16 says, to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen. Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood.
That's the phone. Galatians 1 and 15 declares, But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, and called me by his grace, verse 16, to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Paul said he did not consult with flesh and blood. Well, when he called me, I did the wrong thing. I, I went to flesh and blood to tell the ministers what I had experienced. And they just said, well, anyhow, you'll have to go to God. They didn't encourage me at all. And so three times I did that and I stopped. And I spent the time with God for years. And so Paul, Paul, Paul said immediately, I conferred not with flesh and blood because, because God was guiding his ministry. I remember when I was running in my car to go to the Bible study and the Holy Spirit said, by the time I reached the corner, round the corner, he said, go back. I will teach you line upon line, precepts upon precepts, here a little, there a little. See, because God was guiding Paul, God was guiding me. Because God was guiding his ministry. Paul wasn't doing anything that God hadn't already planned and given him power to do. Similarly, God told Jeremiah that God had called him even before he was born to do special work for God. Jeremiah chapter one verse five declares, the word declares, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. When God calls you and sanctifies you, and ordains you as a prophet, why is it that some people tell you they must ordain you? For 25 years, ministers have been telling me, you need to be ordained by us. They've been trying to ordain me. And the Holy Spirit would say to me, no, I have already ordained you. I have called you as a prophet to the nations. God knows you intimately as well. And he chose you to be his even before you were born. The word of God declares in Psalm 139 verse 13, For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. He wants you to draw close to him and to fulfill the purpose he has for your life. I want to say that again. He wants you to draw close to him and to fulfill the purpose he has for your life. Paul tells of his conversion to show that his message came directly from God. God commissioned him to preach the good news to the Gentiles. After Paul's call, Paul did not consult with anyone. Instead, he spent three years in Arabia. Then he spoke 
with Peter and James, but he had no other contact with Jewish Christians for several more years. During these years, Paul preached to the Gentiles the message, the message that God had given him. His goal was God gave him the good news. His good news did not come from human insight, but it came directly from God. It is also the source of faith. We're still talking about grace. It is the source of faith. Acts chapter 18 verse 27 declares, And when he was disposed to pass into a chair, the brethren wrote exhorting the disciples to receive him, who, when he was come, helped them much which had believed through grace. Apollos was from Alexandria in Egypt, the second most important city in the Roman Empire, and the home of a great university. There was a thriving Jewish population in Alexandria. Apollos was a scholar. He was an orator and debater. And after his knowledge about Christ, he was made more complete. God greatly used these gifts to strengthen and encourage the church. Reason is a powerful tool. Reason is a powerful tool in the right hands and in the right situation. Apollos used the gift of reason to convince many in Greece of the truth of the gospel. I want to say that again. Reason is a powerful tool in the hands and in the right situation. The young boy says, knowledge is power. So reason, reason is a powerful tool in the right hands and in the right situation. Apollos used the gift of reason to convince many in Greece of the truth of the gospel. You don't have to turn off your mind when you turn to Christ. If you have an ability in logic or debate, use it to bring others to God. Remember, not all of the work of a, of, of, of a minister or missionary is drudgery, setback, or suffering. In this chapter 18, there were triumphs showing there were victories in, in, in many of the cities and the addition of exciting, exciting new leaders such as Priscilla, Aquila, and Apollos to the church. Rejoice in victories. We are to rejoice in victories. Christ brings, when he brings the victories, don't let the hazards create a negative mindset. 
because there will be hazards. But don't have a mindset and go depressed. Rejoice in the victories because he will bring the victories. It is also the source of justification. In Romans chapter 3 verse 24, the word declares, being confident, being justified freely by his grace through redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Redemption refers to Christ setting sinners free from slavery to sin. In Old Testament times, a person's deaths could result in his being sold as a slave. The next of kin could redeem him by his freedom. They could buy his freedom. But Christ purchased our freedom and the price was life. He purchased our freedom and the price was life. He gave us life. I'm no longer a slave to sin for I am a child of the King. Justified means to be declared not guilty. When a judge in a court of law declares the defendant not guilty, all the charges are removed from his record. Legally, it is as if the person had never, ever been accused. When God forgives our sins, our record is wiped totally clean. I'm going to say that. When God forgives our sins, our record is wiped totally clean. From his perspective, it is as though we had never, ever sinned. It is also the source of forgiveness. The word of God declares in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7, it declares, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. To speak of Jesus's blood was an important first century way of speaking of Christ's death. His death points to two wonderful truths. One, redemption and forgiveness. Redemption was the purchase price to gain freedom for a slave. In Leviticus chapter 25, verse 47 to 54, you can take time to read that out. Through death, Jesus paid the price to release us from slavery to sin. Forgiveness was granted in Old Testament times on the basis of the shedding of animals' blood. I want to say that again. Forgiveness was granted in the Old Testament times on the basis of shedding of animals' blood. That's in Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. Now we are forgiven on the basis of the shedding of Jesus' blood. He died as a perfect and final sacrifice. Grace is God's voluntary and loving favor given to those he saves. Grace is God's voluntary 
and loving favor given to those he saves. We can't earn salvation, nor do we deserve it. No religious, intellectual, or moral effort can gain it because it comes only from God's mercy and love. Mercy and grace has touched each other. Mercy and grace has touched each other. I am delivered, oh praise to my Savior. Mercy and grace has touched each other. Amazing grace. Without God's grace, no person can be saved. To receive it, we must acknowledge that we cannot save ourselves, that only God can save us, and that our only way to receive this loving favor is through faith in Christ. It is also the source of consolation. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 16, the word declares, Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God even our Father, which hath loved us and had given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Verse 17, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work and word. Paul knew that the Thessalonians would face pressure from persecutions. They would face pressure from false teachers. They would face pressures from worldliness and apathy to waver from the truth and to leave the faith. There's really going to be a falling away of the faith very soon. So he urged, he urged them to stand firm and hold on to the truth they had been taught both through his letters and in person. We also may face persecution. We may face false teachings. We may face worldliness and apathy. We should hold on to the truth of Christ's teachings because our lives depend on it. Never ever forget the reality of Christ's life and love. His grace is sufficient. What amazing grace. And when I thought about it earlier, this is the same Jesus who learned obedience in the things which he suffered. But his father gave him grace to go through whatever he was going to go through suffering or disappointments or persecutions he would do the same for us this is the same jesus that i believe it's not written in the bible but i this is what i believe since in his humanity there were times he got weary there were times he wanted to give up there were times he needed rest there were times he felt like i don't know if i could go another day and every time he felt that God would give him another grace, another unction to function. We have to remember that he was human, but yet divine. 
So in his humanity, it was not so easy every day. And then God would just infuse him with some joy. And then you did find him laughing with his disciples. That was a unction from his father. And so we who are also called, let us remember that he will, he will unctionize us when we feel weak, when we feel that we cannot take another step. He will do that. I shall forever lift my eyes to Calvary to view the cross where Jesus died for me. How marvelous that grace that caught my falling soul he looked beyond my faults and saw my need father i ask you to grace us with a spirit of mercy that we too would be able to look at others faults and to see their need to see their need of you. Father, help us that we will be that light, not a dim light, but a brilliant bright light shining in the darkness. And we need not be afraid because once our light is illuminated and turned on, when you walk into the darkness, you cannot be afraid because the darkness disappears. If you walk into a dark room and you turn on the light switch, do you see darkness? No. So the light overpowers the darkness. So don't let the enemy try to fail you. Once you are light, when you are true light, shining bright, all powerful, the darkness must flee. And so, Father God, we thank you for your amazing grace. And this is amazing grace part two. Without you, we can do nothing. How can we make it without grace? And you give us grace for every trial. You give us grace every day. The old people would say, oh, God, don't put on you no more than you can bear. Why? What they were saying is he gives you grace to bear it. We thank you for amazing grace. And Father, may the peace of God that passes all understanding God, our hearts today and always. People of God, I love you. God bless you. May the joy of the Lord continue to be your strength. And don't let the enemy take it. And don't let him take your praise and worship because God inhabits the praises of his people. So continue to praise him, but continue to remember that it was grace. It was grace. It was grace that caught my falling soul. He looked beyond our faults and saw our need. We give you thanks today. In the name of Jesus, I love you.
By the grace of God, I'll give you part three tomorrow. I love you. God bless you. Have a blessed day.